Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to the Table of Terror. My name is Kimiko, you can call me Miku if you'd like, and I am the creator and host of the Table of Terror podcast. I am super excited today to introduce all of you to a friend of mine and fellow Twitch streamer, Serena Johnston, also known as Ever Haunting. Uh, she was gracious enough to sit down with me and talk about some of her paranormal experiences. So, relax. Pull up a seat at the table and enjoy the show. We're going to jump right into it. I like to have guests introduce themselves. Would you feel comfortable doing sure. that? Yeah, absolutely. Right now? or would Yeah, you I can go ahead. Do a small... Cool. Hi, I'm Serena. Uh, you can find me under Ever Haunting on most things, except for Instagram, where I'm e-haunting because a drag queen has Ever Haunting and she will not sell it to me. I've offered her real life money. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I know. It's so frustrating. But yeah, I am a voiceover artist and I stream on Twitch. It's good vibes over there too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try really hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's adorable. I have a big philosophy of being the positivity you want to see in the world. Oh, so I like love that. the fact that that's reading really makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, it's a real cozy place. Very nice. You're also just like the sweetest thing, so, you know. Thank you. I'm really <laughs> glad there's no video on my end because I'm like a tomato right now. <laughs> oh, you know what? I decided not to do video on my end either. Like my Perfect. hair is my hair is like crazy. I'm like we're in sweatpants now. And you're good. You're in good company. We're in it together. Absolutely. <laughs> so last week, last week I was streaming and I had mentioned that I hadn't done anything for this show and for forever. And was super excited when you and I got talking so that you could be here with us today. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. I love talking about paranormal, act like, I was going to say paranormal activities, but I feel like now that when I say those words, it's almost a joke because of the paranormal activity movies. Oh, the movies are so but bad, like, too. <laughs> I remember when they first came out, I was so stoked to watch them because I was like, I love ghosts. And then the first one would have been so good. If they hadn't changed the ending to like the jump scare demon thing, yeah. Have you ever heard of what the like original ending was? Uh, you know, I don't think so. What was it? So the original ending is, uh, Katie like stands over Micah's body for hours, like it's just like sped up of just hours, and then like police show up, and she like tries to attack them, and they shoot her dead, and that's the end of the movie. Oh wow, that would have right? been so much better. And then a jump scare, like. Oh, oh, we love it. But they wanted sequels. They wanted yeah. to be able to continue, so they changed it. They wanted that money. And I'm like, which, like, I understand, but also, like, I hate. <laughs> yeah, those movies are kind of, I've, I wasn't a huge fan of horror movies at first uh, because, mm -hmm. because of movies that are shot like Paranormal Activity. I'm just not a huge fan of, like, over-the-shoulder kind of home video yeah. style movies. And what broke mm -hmm. that for me actually was As Above, So Below. I watched that and was like, oh, changed my opinion for forever. That movie is the best found footage movie I've ever seen. Okay. Thank it's you. so good. Same. <laughs> I watched it once with a friend like years ago um, and we watched it high, <gasps> which was so much scarier. Oh, I bet I that's like, amazing and no awful all at once. On. And then I rewatched it recently sober and I was like, it's still so good. Yeah, I and liked like, it a lot. Oh, I didn't think I was going it. to. <laughs> oh my God, we should rewatch it. Movie night over Discord. Yes, we should do a movie note. Let's night. do it. <laughs> I love it. We love to see it. Yeah. But yeah, I love paranormal things and I've had paranormal experiences like all my life. The house I'm in currently is haunted. It's the house I grew up in. Ooh. Um, yeah, the room that is my studio that I'm, like, recording in right now it used to be my childhood bedroom, but I rarely slept in here because, like, I currently have the closet door taped up because oh there's goodness. so much bad energy in the closet, and, like, I couldn't do it. When my sister was little, she also had this room for a little bit before we, like, switched the house around, and she used to have a reoccurring nightmare where this, like, porcelain doll would open the door and, like, twirl out like a ballerina. 
and like reach its hand out for her. And every time she went to like grab the doll's hand, she would wake up. And like just so much bad energy oh in this room. Oh my goodness. Like if Toy Story was a <laughs> horror movie, Jesus. Exactly. Like a mixture of Chucky the doll um, and like, ugh. And like, I'm still sometimes like, can't stream scary games in here because mm -hmm. like i don't want to bring bad energy <laughs> yeah no that makes a <laughs> ton of sense so much wow yeah. so um, we have oh go ahead no no go ahead oh i was gonna say because we had the dude who owned the house before us died in the basement he had a heart attack mm. his name was charlie and he used to uh hang around the house and like he would lock doors in the middle of the like if they were left open because like my mom and my grandma both worked for uh so my grandma worked at the united center which is like the basketball and hockey places here in chicago and uh, my mom worked for the united uh for the white Sox, and oh, so wow. they would come in at all hours of the night yeah <laughs> she worked there for 35 years but they would come in at late at night being exhausted because they'd been there for 12 hour days and sometimes forget to lock the door and we'd wake up and all the doors would be locked or like we'd be like, oh, I left a window open when we left the house and it's raining and we'd come back and the window would be shut. Oh, he was taking care of the place. Yeah, he, I mean, he owned the house for like 40 years before we lived here. So he's probably like, these people not locking doors. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, here, let me help you out. But yeah, he's a, we don't have as much activity nowadays from him, but he was like very active as when I was a child. Like there was one time my sister and her friends were practicing for the talent show. And one of her friends goes, man, it's hot in here. And the balcony door swings open. Wow. And they all got really scared. And me and my sister were like, yeah, that happens. It's fine. <laughs> That's so cool. I, You see, I love the, like, the scary paranormal or ghost experiences. But just as important are the things like, like this, like Charlie, who was just like doing his thing. Yeah. Living his life. Yeah. Or afterlife taking care of the place that he put so much money into and like the it's a two flat apartment that we own the whole building and so the downstairs where my grandparents live is uh used to be a doctor's office like it still says office on our front door it's very oh, wow. funny and like two of the bedrooms don't have closets because they were rooms that they saw patients in all right yeah i can hear my chair speaking <laughs> oh don't worry about it it's okay it's okay but yeah that's my house but do you want to hear the scary ones that I've got? Because I've uh, got scary ones as well. Of course I do. Um, but I do have a question. You lived yeah. in this house as a child. Have you just lived in mm -hmm. this house your entire life? Have you lived other places? So yes and no. So my grandparents have owned this building for probably 55 years now. Um, and so this is like my childhood home and they've stayed here forever. But when I went to college, I've lived in other houses. So one of the stories I have for you today is from one of my first apartment living on my own. Ooh, well, okay. on my own. I had roommates, but like it was the first time like I lived away from my family and <laughs> right. also a house with bad juju. Wow. Okay. So this is like yeah. a common thing for you. Yeah. So I, I feel like I have like latent psychic abilities, but nah, nothing useful. Like I can't tell you the winning lottery numbers but i can tell you i have a bad feeling and then something will happen like we my mom and i were driving to new york one time and i like turned to her and i was like i have a bad feeling can you slow down and as she slowed down like six squad cars go flying past us oh my goodness and it was like we were jamming we were having fun like and out of nowhere like this bad energy like i just felt it and we still don't know what happened but I was just like, thank you for listening to me. Thank you for, <laughs> yeah. for trusting my instincts. Yeah, no, I would say that was pretty useful. Maybe not as useful it's, as it's like, you know, the winning lottery number, but hey. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've really learned to trust my gut. Because it, when it's telling you something, like, I don't know if it's, I know what deja vu is not technically what we think it is. It's like a different French term for when you feel like you've done something before. Yes. Because I, I, I can never remember the difference between deja vu and the other one, but I know people use them interchangeably, but like sometimes I'll like I'll have very, very benign dreams. Like I, when I was a kid, I had a dream that we were sitting in my next door neighbor's kitchen playing like this N64 foot Madden game, I think it was. And I had a dream of like the play that my neighbor did. 
and then it happened and i was like oh okay (laughs) like it's not useful (laughs) but it is interesting things that are like yeah exactly huh and it makes dreaming weird because you never know when it's like uh, just a normal brain dream or one of the dreams where this is going to come back. Oh, sure. And I used to I used to joke as a kid that, like, I was changing timelines or something. <laughs> Which, honestly, superhero moves right there. Here's hoping, like, the things that I've changed have been for the better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah, and so you know, you it's, it's hear... funny that you brought up Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. Because I always say that I, I I think that I have a different like m- meaning for the term in my head and in my personal experience. Like the feeling mm-hmm. that people describe when they talk about deja vu is kind of how I experience it. But I have always thought that deja vu was not just like me remembering something that already happened. But for me, it feels like... Whatever I'm doing in that moment when I get that feeling of quote-unquote deja vu is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing at the time. Oh. Like, whatever has led me to that moment, and now I'm feeling this, and it feels familiar, and it feels right, that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's kind of how I take it. It's like life is strange. Like, you rewind and you do the correct action, and, like, it's the correct timeline now. Yeah, kind of. Or like a telltale game. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm not purposefully <laughs> rewinding time, but yeah, the, that's that feeling yeah. of oh, maybe I read, maybe I made the right decision. Definitely holds true. I love that. Yeah, I, I've never thought of it that way, and that's why I brought it yeah, up because I was like, hey, this is this is something kind of cool that I experienced that I think of this way. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Hey, I'm an interesting person. Now I'm like. Yes, you are. I would not be here if you were. Oh my god, no, I was I was mostly <laughs> kidding, but thank you. Nope. Nope. We we don't use uh well, actually those are better jokes than saying you're trash. So we do use the the <laughs> joking leagues out your hot shit. Because those are better true. for your mental health. Yep. So yeah. now I'm like mentally going through all of the like deja vu things I've ever been. Through. Right? It puts like an interesting spin on it. And it might not that might not be true to you and how you experience deja vu but to me that's always how I kind of interpreted it because it felt right yeah cool so do you want to hear about something that happened when I was little that involves a Ouija board (gasps) or my first apartment uh let's do the Ouija board first I actually have a whole video not video episode of the show dedicated to the do's and don'ts of using Ouija boards because people get it wrong so often yeah so please I refuse I refuse to touch them like I absolutely like the story does not involve me ever putting my hands on a Ouija board but I was there okay when it all happened um because I absolutely refuse like I saw the exorcist I said no thank you like This is this is a no go for me, and if people like even jokingly suggest breaking out a Ouija board, I'm like, I will leave immediately. Yeah, I um, have never. Don't don't. It's so bad. So many bad things can happen. Yeah, and, like, no, I would people never. Always, people are always talking about how like it's a toy made by Hasbro, and I'm like, because that's the first thing that white people have taken from native or people of color cultures and come like because that's not something that happens it frustrates me when people are like it's not real it's just a toy i'm like no it's a it tool is something that for was communication <laughs> yeah, uh. like that someone was like oh that was cool i guess um so i was probably like nine or ten because this involves my older sister and her friends and she's four years older than me so she had to be like 14 15 And so her very good friend lives across the alley from us. And so she was like, I'm going to go over to her house. And my mom was like, take your sister. Because I was like, I want to go. I want to go. And I regret. (laughs) (laughs) I regret saying I wanted to go. So she drags me over there. And I find out the reason she's going over to her friend's house is because her friend, whose family has also lived in this apartment, this apartment, like two, uh, not duplex, uh, two flat. 
as long as my family has. So they've like our neighborhood is just like houses that have been passed down or whatever. And so they found in the back of a closet one of the glow-in-the-dark Ouija boards that Hasbro makes that no one in her family bought. Oh, they just no. found it. Right? Is that not a huge red flag? Isn't that red flag number one? But somebody no, left it? They are... <laughs> they are... Somebody not even just left it because they've been in this house for years. Somebody left it Decades. and hid it. Oh, <gasps> no. I don't like that. And so... That's why she was going over there because they found this and they wanted to play with it. And so they turn off all the lights and I'm sitting on the couch like shaking because I'm so scared. But I'm also like, I'm a big girl. I'm not going to ask to go home because then I'll never be able to go with again. Which like, do I want to if this is the things that they do? Right. Answer's still unclear. <laughs> but so they're playing with the Ouija board and they're asking questions like, does this boy like me or whatever? What's your name? And so once they ask what's your name, it spells out Charlie. And my sister's like, oh, it's Charlie. Like, Charlie lives in my house. And I was like, I don't like this. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch like, this is a bad idea. And so they keep asking questions and stuff like that. And then they get bored. So they're like trying to say goodbye. And it won't say goodbye. It refuses to say goodbye. And then it starts spelling out my sister's name. Oh, no. Over and over and over again and they they're like getting scared now they're reaching the levels that i was at when we started this i am now 10 times higher and they're getting scared and they don't know what to do and they're panicking and my sister is obviously panicking and uh so they throw everything back in the box and they take it over to my house because like they're like my mom will know how, what to do and so they, they bring it into the living room and I'm once again curled up on the couch and my mom starts talking with them and like moving the planchette and stuff like that with them. And then she's like, who is this? And it spells out Charlie again. And my mom's like, I know you're not Charlie. Like, who are you? And it spells out Dougie. Ooh, ooh I don't like saying the name. <laughs> oh. Um, and so I'm like scared. And then it starts spelling my sister's name again. And, like, it's getting faster and faster as it spells it. Yikes. And my mom goes, everyone out. And she kicks us all out. And apparently she got them to say goodbye. I don't know how. I don't know what she did. I spent most of the night crying because I was eight and it was, or ten, however old I was. Um, and, and then I, you were traumatized. It was the scariest thing. Yeah, and now if you even talk about bringing out a Ouija board, my mom actually found it recently while we were cleaning because we kept it in the house. Oh, no. Um, But no one was allowed to touch it. She just didn't want to, like, get rid of it, and we didn't have, like, a place to, we don't have, like, a place to burn it. Yeah. And I, so oh, she man. just, like, Burning it is it a tough closet. one because, like, normally people say not to burn things that can have yeah. attachments to them because it releases whatever spirit or entity is attached to it um mm -hmm. i did a bunch of research about ouija boards a while back and i came along a couple of people who said that the best thing to do is to actually bury it dig a oh. hole in the earth put it in there sprinkle it with salt cover it up like just just get rid of that's it that's really interesting and it kind I of like will... is supposed to ground it in a way that makes so much sense. I and think like, it makes more sense I will keep than burning that file it. Away. Yeah, I did. I I refuse to touch it. So like that's information I'm filing away, but hopefully I will never need. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> um, but after that, like, because we've always had Charlie in the house. Like, we're, we've never been, and like my great grandfather is also in the house. You can like hear him drop his shoes in where the recliner used to be. Oh wow! When he was alive. And, like, hear him walking. And, like, my Busha is also here, which is his wife. Okay. Um, So, like, I've never been afraid of ghosts. And I'm I'm not afraid of ghosts normally. Like, if I know something is haunted, I'm probably, one, not going to go in there. Because, like, do I need that space? Do I need to be in that space? Unless it's, like, someone's house. Yeah, fair. You can't really help that. Um, But I'm not going to, like, seek out, like, former mental institutions that are like haunted like that's just bad energy i don't need to bring into my life um but yeah, i'm not like, totally afraid of ghosts 
but like this guy this this addition to the house was unwelcome and like he would stay outside my mom's room and like lean against the door and she would like sometimes wake up and there would just be a shadow person leaning against her door frame wow and this is this is dougie this is the entity that was pretending to be charlie yeah something else like hasn't okay yeah something else and it had it he it never did anything never tried to like harm anyone but it's just like let its presence be known and that's off-putting yeah 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 no shit (laughs) (laughs) first you pretended to be my friend then you were just a creep (laughs) oh man and now we put you in the ground yeah Yeah. i mean up to you you don't have to but like you know do whatever you you think is best because my mom found it again recently because we had put it in the basement when i moved into the other room that is my bedroom now because it used to be in that closet and no one touched it and i was like i won't sleep in this room if it's in this room okay and so she put it in the basement and then she was cleaning the basement recently and she found it and so she's like you know what i'm just gonna throw it out and like i was like fine like I, i don't care like please get it out of this house and then the night she threw it out we got a huge huge snowstorm here in chicago like huge and the trash collectors didn't come for another week and i was like if that's wow. not a bad sign that's a little convenient inconvenient <laughs> right? on like, your part but like hmm, coincidence i don't know but it's not coming back in my house but they finally took the garbage so like hopefully it is out of my life for the for like ever yeah yeah i ho- i certainly hope that for you <laughs> my goodness the only the yeah. only thing i think if i had come across a ouija board at some point and we were getting bad vibes i would probably i don't know i feel like i would not be okay with just like throwing it out because like what if something what if somebody else ends up with it but honestly That's when fair. when you have such bad experiences with something like that i totally understand just just get it out just I don't want it. Yeah. I don't need it. It doesn't belong here. And yeah. clearly, like, because my mom was under the impression that burning is the best way to get rid of a Ouija board and the only way to get rid of it, like, safely, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's information we didn't have. And, like, she learned this before there was the internet to, like, share the resources. Oh, yeah. No, a lot of this stuff was passed down, you know, just verbally through tradition again because it wasn't something that started as a toy yeah exactly (laughs) like we shouldn't have things like that easily accessible because people don't know how to use them properly yeah it's it's not (laughs) i like to call them tools because technically they are used for communication but Mm. tools require instructions And you have to know what you can and cannot do with those tools. You do Mm -hmm. not put a screwdriver in an electrical outlet. You just don't. You know, if you want to work with electrical, you turn off the power first. You do this and that. You, you know, it's, it's a different set of tools for what you want to accomplish. So if you want to have fun, maybe don't summon something that you can't get rid of and are not prepared. Children. Yeah. 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 It's bad time all around. (laughs) I am so sorry. It's I I won't say it's okay, but like it is in the past. So like now it's like a fun story, quote unquote, whereas I have moved past the traumatic part of it where I can tell it and not want to cry. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's good. So, you know, have you have you noticed any differences in the space? sense getting rid of it or did that kind of energy just kind of uh dissipate over time you know it being hidden in the basement basement and stuff i think it dissipated over time also like there's a lot of energy in this house that was just one part of it so i don't know it had that the like even being in the room that i'm in currently like it used to feel heavy being in this room when i was a kid okay and now it's just kind of like I can feel the energy, but it's not its not weighing on my shoulders. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that's more 
do you think that's more of um, you getting used to it or you being able to deal with it? Or do you think that it really just has lessened? I think it comes with age. Okay. Like, I have this personal theory, which I don't know how I would ever, like, do research into this because it's such a, like, abstract thing. But I have a theory that paranormal entities seek out those that are mentally ill because they are more open. And, like, that's why they also go to children is, like, there are less protections set up for those who are mentally ill, like, in their own brain. If that makes sense? Yes, absolutely. There there actually are studies that have shown that, I mean, you know, I say studies loosely because it's not really a science, but children are yeah. more susceptible to paranormal experiences and influences. And you are correct in also suggesting that there is overlap between people who are mentally more... Um, what's the word? Just like uh, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I think I think if you were to look to start doing research, if it was something you were interested, in, you would actually find um, a bunch yeah. of pertinent information. But uh, I think that's really interesting, and thank you for letting me know that there is research out there. Um, but I think it's a combination of I was young. So I was already vulnerable and like open and didn't know like to guard myself from these things. Right. Because it's not something and that's I taught. Had unment Ex well, my mom has always been open about paranormal things. My mom believes in it. Like, okay. She never wanted me to be afraid in the house because she knew that like there was stuff in the house. So it's like, but it, I don't think she never taught me like, she taught me not to be afraid, but she didn't tell me like really how to protect myself from it because like, she knew of Charlie and my great grandparents. So like they were never things that we had to protect ourselves from, you know? Um, but so being a child and being like mentally open that way and then having untreated mental illness as well as a child, I think I was an easy target for the, the bad energies and that they were attracted to me and like not necessarily fed off of me because I never like was ill or anything like that. They didn't like siphon my energy, but it was just like, here is an abundance of untapped energy. You know, that makes total sense, especially you having said that you have, you know, um, you kind of have these abilities to know more than the average person. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense to me. But I am someone yes. that is fascinated <laughs> with people's stories that just I think everything paranormal is so interesting. Um, so I have heard a lot of people talk about their stuff. I've read a lot of books, watched a lot of interviews and shows and listened to podcasts. And it's just, it's one of my hobbies. So I, yeah. I like, I, I have heard a lot and it makes complete sense. Yeah, it's, I wish people took it more seriously. Because, like, I know that a lot of, like, the ghost hunting shows are staged and, like, make it seem more dramatic than it actually oh, absolutely because like, yeah, it's still entertainment are... for television exactly i happen to find um a lot of the times uh people who do paranormal investigations who are on youtube tend to be a lot less sensational with their stuff that yeah. i have found there are definitely people who still do the same shit that just exaggerate everything and you mm -hmm. know are doing it for the clout not necessarily for the investigation but those are the people I usually steer clear of because I'm interested in the actual, like, finding of possible scientific data. Yeah, because energy cannot be destroyed or created. That's so true. So it's just recycled energy. That's what paranormal activity is. And it could be a science if we didn't think of it as hokey and, like, a joke. Yep. And but, unfortunately, the best way to get out of that is to actually, you know, lift people's voices who are doing it for the science and not for just the entertainment. Yeah. Like the original Ghost Hunters that used to be on sci-fi, the first couple of seasons are like genuinely interesting because they were just visiting like people's houses and like talking to them. 
and like actually looking into what they were talking about and like you see that in you see the transition from when they get like picked up picked up where they're like getting the big money absolutely totally agree ghost hunters was amazing for the first couple of seasons and then it kind of fell into the same category for me as like ghost adventures which is entertaining (laughs) but not like you know it's tv um and then they broke off yeah and there is like jason hawes team is with ghost nation i think and then ghost hunters is grant and a new team and i absolutely love the new group with ghost hunters and i have seen um like several episodes of the new group that that jason is leading and they're doing the same things. They're back in people's homes. That's good. Interviewing people and doing research. And it's a lot. I think it's gone, you know, more towards how they used to do their investigations. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that uh, Grant also had a new one. I know my mom watches it's Jason's. Still, it's no, still under Ghost flip. Hunters. But it's Grant cool. who's leading a whole new team. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, the I think it's East State Penitentiary, the one where the camera guy gets lifted and thrown. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That one. That one was like, that's my worst nightmare when it comes to like ghosts. Like, I know it's so rare and that's like more poltergeist than like your average ghost. But that's like (laughs) my biggest fear is that like I'm going to actually be attacked one day. And it's a totally valid fear. I would love to go on more ghost hunts in locations like i've only been on a couple of ghost hunts and not in any like super crazy locations um but i'm not saying that i would want to be thrown across the room but i don't have a problem being physically touched for the most part Mm -hmm. what would make me nervous you have to set boundaries like anything else so like if you say you're allowed to talk to me you're allowed to touch me you're not allowed to enter my body and like usually if you believe what you're saying that is enough to make sure that you are safe and you are also allowed to say i don't want you touching me you can talk to me go through these devices you know manipulate the energy yeah. around us but do not touch me and do not you know enter like you're allowed to set boundaries and i don't think that's talked about enough but yeah. it's still totally valid if you never want to go on a ghost hunt ever. You have had stuff happen to you your entire life. <laughs> I have not. The cl- the closest I've had to like being attacked was actually in the apartment I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. So it had like a a bad energy um and so it was a house that we were renting. There was five of us in this house and like my bedroom was upstairs in the like off the living room. And my best friend at the time was living in the basement and she was going home to see her boyfriend and she, her flight was at 6am, 5am. So she had to get on the orange line, which it goes th- through some like not great neighborhoods when you are a very small white woman who weighs maybe 85 pounds. And so I was like, I had gotten home. I was bartending at the time. So I got home at like one thirty, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm about to go to the the airport right now and i was like you're gonna go where you're gonna get on the train right now by yourself okay and so i was like i'll go with you because she's got a like suitcase and things like that okay so i had been up because i had class in the morning and then i took her to the airport i got home at about maybe 5 30 in the morning and so i was trying to go to bed and my bedroom's right off the living room so everyone's in the living room like talking chatting like it's a saturday morning and so I go down to her room to sleep in her her bed, and she's sleeping on an air mattress in the basement. And so because it's in the basement, there's, like, no windows. There's no one down there to talk. So I was like, oh, I can get some sleep down here. And she to- so it was like, it's totally fine, whatever. And so I'm laying in the bed, and it just feels bad in the basement. Like, I don't like it. Like, it's bad, but I needed sleep. And so I'm laying there. And it had not been long enough for me to like fall asleep and to be like having like sleep paralysis because I've never had sleep paralysis. So it would be weird to have one instance this one time. Right. But I feel the bed start to deflate. Oh. And then I feel like I'm being sucked into the floor. 
and I can't move. And I'm like panicking because I can't get up. I'm being sucked into the floor of the basement. And then I don't know what happened, but I finally am able to move and I roll off and I like run upstairs. I'm in tears. I'm crying so hard because that was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life, including the thing with the Ouija board. And like my roommates are like, what happened? And I'm like trying to explain and I can't breathe. And I'm just so freaked out. And so like we call my mom because <laughs> when something paranormal happens, I call my mom. Yeah, you phone an expert. And she like, <laughs> you phone in an expert. And she came and she like calmed me down. And she was like, do you want to sage the house? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, just take me home. Like, <laughs> like our haunted house is better than this house right now. Country so roads like, take me home. Me home. Wow. <laughs> exactly. To the place where I belong. Uh-huh. And so she took me to the house and like put me to bed. And I guess she went back and like saged the house. And like she's a big proponent of the wine and milk method. I don't think I'm familiar with glass that. Of- so what she does when like ghosts start getting out of pocket is she will put down a glass of wine and a glass of milk in case the ghost is an adult or a child. They, it's an offering. Oh. And she will sit down and she will be like, here are the rules of the house. If you want to stay, you'll follow them. If you want to go, you won't. And so I guess she did that in the house. I wasn't there because um, <laughs> I was having a rough go of the day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we didn't stay in the house much longer. Our lease ended and we all kind of went our separate ways. But that was the literal worst thing that's ever happened to me paranormally. It sounds terrifying. Yeah. My roommates still think I had like sleep paralysis, but I've never had it before and I haven't had it afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Then that seems like like a blip that's probably not sleep paralysis, especially if you weren't asleep. Yeah. It had not been long enough for me to fall asleep. And like I have trouble falling asleep. So for it to be, even like when I'm exhausted, it'll still take 35 minutes to an hour to for me to fall asleep. And so I still think about that. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that you know yourself pretty well and that if you think that it's not sleep paralysis, then it probably wasn't. I've experienced sleep paralysis all my life since I was a tiny human. Um, Oof. And it's the reason that I taught myself to lucid dream which I am semi-successful with, but um, like for people who experience sleep paralysis for a short period of time, like it comes and it goes, Mm -hmm. it can be absolutely terrifying. And if that was what you experienced, terrifying, if it wasn't sleep paralysis and you just couldn't move because something was keeping you there, uh, probably even more terrifying. Yeah, like, I always joke that I'm going to go to hell because I'm gay, but I didn't want to go today. Yeah, not like, not in the basement of a, of, like, of a fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, like, a nice place. <laughs> like, I just wanted to get some sleep because I'm doing a million things. Damn it. It's wild. <laughs> wow. And... So you said you you felt uncomfortable in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. Did you feel uncomfortable in any other part of the house? Was it just the basement that one time? So it wasn't just the one time. The basement always felt off. Like I would always make someone come with me when I had to do laundry. Okay. Um, I did not like being down there by myself. And this just happened to be the first experience where you tried to sleep there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was the first time I'd been there alone. And I, because there was five of us in the house, six of us, I was never in the house alone. Like, and technically I wasn't in the mm-hmm. house alone when this happened, but I was, I had a whole floor separating me from everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. You were, I mean, you, for all intents and purposes, you were alone in the basement. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. And I was 19 when this happened. Oh, just a baby. Just a little baby. Just a baby. <laughs> Though I, I could probably say my reaction would still be the same if that happened to me today at 26. Oh, that's valid. Like, still call my mom, still be like, I'm leaving immediately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if it's uncomfortable for you, get out. Yeah. I don't, like, the families that you see on, like, the earlier ghost hunters that have been living, like, for years with, like, 
paranormal activity tormenting them. I don't know how they do it. I don't, I don't know, know how, how they, do they have the strength to do it. Unless you have nowhere I... that you can go. Nobody you can call to be like, hey, can I sleep on your couch until our lease is up? Or like, you know, you can't stay with yeah. family or friends and you've poured all your money into this property like that I could understand but for most people that's not their reality and they do yeah. have other choices and they just stay and let themselves get hurt over and over again that never made sense to me <laughs> it's like just move it's someone else's problem now <laughs> yeah I mean yeah because like that's how most someone... people find out that they're that they're that the place that they're living is haunted right because nobody tells them they have to experience it for themselves yeah which is yeah, fucked up I but you know would never do that if so if we ever decide to sell this place like we gotta tell them we gotta that's very responsible like, my of you are fine yeah mostly because like so in the house we've got my grand my great-grandparents the two of them a little boy named billy um the shadow man that sits in my mom's doorway and Charlie. So like, that's a lot. That's five extra roommates. They didn't, uh, invite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are any of you paying rent? No, let's behave. Then stop it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's super interesting that your mom does this wine and milk thing. I have never heard of that before. Um, I live with my grandparents currently, and my grandma is a, a big-time meditator. She and the rest of her family have been meditating, you know, twice a day every day for the last 30-plus years. Um, and there's a lot of, like, good energy in the house, and we do get visits from both of my great-grandparents at this point. But there's always incense burning. She sages regularly. Um, every year at New yeah. Year's, she, you know, puts salt in a tin and alcohol and lights it on fire and, you know, purifies all of the entrances in and out of the house sort of thing. There's there's a lot of, you know, I, I would I'm not going to say precautions because that sounds bad, but there's a lot of thought put into making this space as nice as possible, energy-wise. Yeah. Intentions. I like that word. Yes. The intention. <laughs> and um, so I nice. just have never heard of this wine and milk. And when you explained it, you know, if you're an adult, you have a wine offering. If you're a child, you have the milk. That's super interesting. And then you said that you had a child entity, spirit? Yeah. Can you so explain about Billy. Billy a little bit? How did you come to of meet course. Billy? So Billy actually traveled. So I have two twin cousins and the house that they are in. I don't remember because I, I, I learned this when I was young. I don't remember if it is specifically the house they are in or if it's the house next door. But he was a, a small child who had an abusive father who killed him in the bathroom. And so when oh. the twins were little they would see him in the bathroom when the lights were off. And so like my aunt would come in and see them talking to someone in the bathroom and be like, who are you talking to? And they'd be like, Billy. And uh, it scared my aunt a lot um, because she is not as advent of a like, it's your house. Like you tell the entities what you want them to do. She was just kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And so I don't remember exactly like the chain of events, but the twins were coming over to the house and the uh, the female twin was like, can Billy come? And my mom was like, yeah, whatever. Come on, get in the, house, the car. And so, oh, I also have to tell you about my imaginary wow. friends as a child. Ooh. Um, okay. Because <laughs> that is my favorite story. Um, so she was like, yeah, come on, whatever. And then a couple of weeks after that, like toys would start going off, like like fire engines and stuff in rooms that no one was in. Okay. And so we have to assume it's Billy. Like, none of us have seen Billy. But, like, my godson will sometimes talk to, like, the corner. Or, like, when my nephew was really little, he would, like, look and laugh at the corner. So they're not afraid of it. Which is good. So we assume that, like, 
Yeah, exactly. Because that's my mom's rule is that whenever someone is afraid, that's when it ends. Like you can coexist in the house as long as you're not scaring anyone. I feel like I would like your mom. But yeah. <laughs> she's a she's a lady. I, I love her. <laughs> she sounds great. Yeah, she's the reason that like this doesn't scare me. Like as scary as like the being sucked to hell in a basement was, like I look back and I'm not like I wasn't afraid to stay in the house post that. Like that was a scary experience, but it didn't turn me off of the paranormal, I guess. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. She always wanted to make sure that like I understood that I'm safe as long as like I don't go meddling. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So Billy's not as an interesting of story. Like I've never personally seen Billy. Um, he seems to only interact with smaller children, which makes sense if he is a small child. Yeah. I think it's so funny also that he was a small a child. away. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, he you know, like, you're oh, going on a family not. vacation and you sneak your friend in the in the back of the car with you. Like, can Billy come? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and uh, she I think my mom thought Billy was an imaginary friend. Mm. Because I had imaginary friends and my mom was like, I'm not gonna discourage that as long as it's not actively harming them, like by having imaginary friends. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I never really had imaginary friends as a kid. I played with, I, like, I had... stuffed animals and stuff, but I didn't have an imaginary friend. Yeah. I I had two. Their names were Clarissa and Jonathan. Okay. And they went with me everywhere. Like, I was so, like, sure that these people, these, like, imaginary friends were real that, like, they would set dinner table, like, dinner plates at the table for them. Because otherwise I would throw a fit. Okay. <laughs> like I once, uh, I was kindergarten age, preschool age, because I was going to preschool. So the one time my mom's best friend picked me up from preschool and she took me to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal before we went home because like I had a good day in preschool. So I get a treat. Yeah. And I was like, can we get Clarissa and Jonathan a Happy Meal? And Tasha, not knowing, was like, their parents can get them their own happy meal and i threw a fit screaming <laughs> crying i threw myself on the floor like an embarrassing fit and tasha ended up buying three happy meals just to get me to stand up oh my goodness and so every night they set table settings for clarissa and jonathan me and my sister and, like, every night, it was the same routine. I played with them, all of this. And then one night, I went into the kitchen. I was like, can Clarissa and Jonathan stay for dinner? Per the routine, my mom and Tasha said yes. <laughs> and then Tasha walks into the, the dining room, and there are two children sitting at the table. <gasps> well, there's Wait. four children sitting at the table. There's me, my sister, and Clarissa and Jonathan. Um, at this time, uh, we were not in this house that I'm in currently. My grandparents owned a 16-unit building, and we were technically the landlords, so we were staying there. Um, but Tasha walks in, and she sees these four children sitting at the table, and she runs back into the kitchen, and she goes, Denise, there's two children sitting at the table. And my mom goes, yeah, they're my kids. <laughs> <laughs> And Tasha's like, no, they're real. There are two extra. And so, <laughs> yeah, there's two extra. And so my mom is like, what are you talking about? Comes into the, the dining room. Lo and behold, there are four children sitting at her table. And my mom is like, there's children. And Tasha's like, yeah, there's children. <laughs> and uh... it turns out Clarissa and Jonathan had moved into the building. There was two new children in the <gasps> building named Clarissa and Jonathan. After that day, I never played with my imaginary friends ever again. Wow, because they were real friends. Because they were real friends then. <laughs> to this day, I don't know if I manifested them. I don't know if it was like a prediction. I don't know what it was. That is amazing. Like, well, I mean, you said that you have, you know, had, had feelings about things that were going to happen or, you know, inclinations. Um Oh, that's super interesting, because I was going to ask if you had heard of something called the tulpa phenomenon, which has to do with manifestation. No, I have not. Creating, it's, it's like, it's like having an imaginary friend, but it takes it to, like, it, it, 
an insane level of commitment and yeah and manifestation it's basically like mm, a good example of the tulpa phenomenon would be slender man okay it started as something that was a story and has kind of turned into an actual cryptid like people see yeah. experience slender man and it wasn't a thing but this yeah. the power of like group thought and belief and pouring energy into something like that can manifest an actual entity or being and so when you said there were actually children i was like wait is this did you <laughs> and then you were like they had moved into the building and i was like oh shit yeah i've never done i've never predicted something that like since then that big everything else has been like the little things like the knowing the squad cars were coming or the video game thing right right but like that one still like sticks in my brain it's so wild <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> that's amazing oh man and it's funny because my mom had been like talking to my pediatrician and was like should i discourage her from playing with these imaginary friends like is it bad for her and my doctor was like no as long as she's like still developing mentally like if she hits her milestone she's fine to have these imaginary friends wow i guess she didn't have to worry after that because i didn't have them anymore <laughs> do you still know these two people no, they moved out of the building um, when we sold it. Okay. So we've lost touch. It was before, like, social media. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Because I was going to ask, if, if you were going to say yes, I would have asked if you had ever told them. I don't know if my mom that would be a trip. Because, like, I was young, so it wouldn't have occurred to me to be like, yeah, you were my imaginary friend once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely would have been something that happened later. Oh, my gosh, you've given me so much to think about. Yeah. That's so interesting. Huh. I'm Serena. My life's a little wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that that audio that's on TikTok that's like, hi, my name's whatever. Uh, I came to be when my mom met my dad. You know, yeah. and, then, and then there's me. <laughs> and my life's kind of weird. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all my ghost stories. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks I, for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Well, not here in person, but like, you know. Yeah. It, being here in spirit. <laughs> ba -dum -bum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pun intended. I don't know if it was a good one, but it was a one. <laughs> I liked it. So. <laughs> yeah. I've always been super interested in people's paranormal experiences because for like 23 years of my life I never had anything happen and I always kind of wanted something to happen just to be like mm -hmm. okay ghosts really do exist because I always had this feeling that there was more mm -hmm. um and my family are native so there's a lot of like spirituality that happens and and I like I I kind of knew that that spirit existed but I had never mm -hmm. experienced it for myself. And I always was like, okay, but like, I, I like, I need, I want to know, no, like for sure. Yeah. Um, and I only started having stuff happen in the last couple of years after like a big move and a big change and lots of stress. But, um, like my whole life I've been, you know, sit down with your, with your elbows on the counter, like propping up your chin, like, tell me more. Um, yeah, because I just I think it's fascinating. So thank you so much for sharing. I, thanks for having a safe space to share. Oh, absolutely. I again for a long time I never experienced anything, but I was always very, very intentional in wanting to make sure that people didn't think that I didn't disbelieve them. Mm -hmm. Like whether or not shit actually happens or exists really doesn't matter to me as much as you feeling heard and you feeling like yeah. you know you're not going crazy because xyz happened you know if if you believe that it wasn't sleep paralysis and you were like getting f like ooh fucked with by something <laughs> i'm going to believe you 
because there's no reason for you to lie and there's no reason to invalidate your feelings. And like, if that happened, it happened. Period. Yeah. Like, end of story. I appreciate that mindset. Thank you. Yeah, I always, I always come into it like I'm a skeptical believer. So I believe. But I also like because of the age of like ghost hunters and like the notoriety of it, of like that and ghost adventures, which is so funny to me because if you do believe in ghosts, ghost adventures is for white men. I believe they're all white screaming at ghosts. Yep. Or it's for white men going into places and scaring themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those there's are the definitely, I think there's have. definitely a bit of both. <laughs> you know, I, I, oh, God. oh gosh, it is raining, raining, raining right now. It just picked up. Okay. Um, <laughs> it threw me off for a second. I was like, what is that noise? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that I, I would normally call myself a believer because mm-hmm. I do believe this stuff exists, but I think you put it really well because I'm definitely skeptical about everything. But if, you know, if something happens, you might not be able to recreate it or successfully document it to the degree that you would like to, but if it happened, then it happened. But yeah. until something happens, I'm always like, yeah, but like, is this place haunted? Or, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's definitely like a spectrum for sure. Yeah. <laughs> At any given moment, you can believe more or believe less or, you know, especially when you're watching shows. It's like, okay, what? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Do you know what, what show that I like? Not trust implicitly, but trust more than the rest of them. Destination Which... Truth. I don't think I've heard of this one. That one was on... Yeah, does Destination Truth, I haven't seen a ton of episodes, but they basically have no budget and they fly around the country and it's not just ghosts. It's like all supernatural, paranormal like stuff. So like my favorite episode a friend showed me recently is about fairies and they Ooh. go to, I believe, Iceland. Okay. And uh, they go to Iceland and like to look at this like one specific fairy ring and one of their members is like dragged out of the fairy ring. <gasps> oh my gosh yeah oh that's crazy so and like they have no budget like one time i forgot i think they were searching for a yeti and got hunted by wolves like actually hunted oh, by wolves my because gosh. They didn't have, like they didn't have like a guide with them or any guns they just had their film equipment and like an rv or not rv like uh atv oh man and so like you can see the wolves eyes in like the background and <laughs> you can tell like they're hunting them and I was like, these people are going to die. Wow. <laughs> in Romania. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So oh. that one, I don't think that people would put themselves in that much danger to fake it. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I think that's an excellent point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> one of my favorite like paranormal the... shows is called Destination Fear. And Ooh. it's it's a group of five, uh, a brother and a sister, and then two of their childhood best friends who all experienced shit growing up, who go on road trips to haunted, specifically abandoned locations all around the United States. They rent an RV, they film for months, and then they, you know, go back and go through evidence and the show is produced. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just like a really small, close-knit group of people who go to these insane abandoned locations that are infamously haunted in the United States and spend the night separate. Like, they all split up. They they pick, you okay. know, four to five different rooms, depending on who's on the show. And they set up their sleeping bags or their cots or whatever, and they spend hours in whatever space, alone, with equipment, talking or not talking, usually not sleeping, Um, But it started as a bit of a social experiment to see how fear affects your physical body, your psyche over these, you know, weeks, period of weeks that you spend on the road doing this night after night after night. And I just think it's a really interesting show. And added it to my watch list. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, So again... Thank you for sharing. 
I appreciate it. Super interesting. Um, I like Thank to you. ask people and give them an opportunity to plug anything that they might have going on. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash everhaunting, if you'd like to follow and come hang out in my stream. I've been streaming a lot of Hades um, because I'm obsessed. Or um, if you're if that's not your thing, I have a podcast coming out on the 24th of March. If that is if this is going up before then, you should uh, subscribe so you know get a notification when it drops. If it's after that, go listen to the first three episodes because we're dropping the first three episodes all at once. Oh my goodness! Um, it is an homage and a parody to Star Trek. I play Doctor Evelyn Trixie Montana, the second in command and doctor on the ship. It's a lot of fun. It tackles the concepts of colonialism, white uh, white privilege, toxic masculinity, all under the guise of like a fun space show. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. What is it called? It's called Monocyte. Uh, I have several friends who are super, super duper Star Trek fans. So I will definitely be passing that along. That's so exciting. I think yeah. it was a lot of fun to record. I hope you're going to have fun as well. I think y'all should check it out. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here again. If oh. I have any more scary stories to tell. <laughs> oh, please. You'll be the please. first person I call. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was Serena Johnston, also known as Ever Haunting. Wow. We talked about so many amazing things. I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say about the episode today. Like, oh, oh, I'm just so excited to be able to share other people's experiences and to be able to create a safe space for people to talk about the paranormal in, in a place where it's not going to be overly dramatized. There's not going to be any stigma. I just, I just really want everyone who I have interviewed in the last couple of weeks to like get together and talk about things that they've all experienced because oh there's so much that everyone has in common and so much that's so completely different but I'm getting ahead of myself uh you know that podcast that Serena mentioned it's called Monocyte as of when this episode is going to air there will be three episodes out I've actually already listened to them it's fantastic. Y'all should go listen to Monocyte. That's M-O-N-O-C-Y-T-E. You can find the podcast on pretty much any platform you listen to podcasts on. Uh, and I highly recommend they talk about, um, like, just amazing. Th it, it's entertaining, okay, but they talk about gender and they talk about, oh, just so many good things. Anyway, y'all should go listen to Monocyte. Couple more things before I let you go about your way. There are a few ways that you can support the podcast. This podcast, The Table of Terror, <laughs> uh, just to be clear. Um, the easiest way to do so is to leave a like, comment, or review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and on Instagram at Table of Terror with an underscore after that. And um, we would love to hear about your paranormal experiences and chat about the show and answer any questions you might have it would be totally awesome if you reached out don't have to but i'm giving you an option if you'd like to support the show monetarily the easiest way for you to do so is by supporting us on patreon you can go to patreon.com slash table of terror pod and review the different levels of the you know the tiers and what you can get and Again, you do not have to, but for as little as $1 a month, you will 100% be getting early access to every episode of the Table of Terror podcast. And, like, I don't know. I always love supporting something and being able to get excited about it before everyone else. Like, it's, is that weird? I don't know. It might be weird. But anyway, there are some options if you would like to support the show monetarily. Patreon is one of them. If you would like to get in touch with me, Kamiko, online. Hi, I'm the host, remember? Um, <laughs> you just listen to me, you know, uh, be weird for an hour or so. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much any platform ever at Miko Rios. Um, 
You can find me on Twitch. I stream several times a week, twitch.tv slash Mika Rios. Uh, the only thing that's different is my YouTube. Uh, my YouTube is just my full name, youtube.com slash Kamiko Rios. Anywho, I'm going to let y'all go on your way. I, I don't know why I'm so bad at intros and outros, but here we are. Thank you for being here with me today. Um, I appreciate the love and support. As always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, wear your masks, wash your hands, and don't forget to drink water because it's good for your body. Okay, bye.